Welcome to the Caruso and Wade podcast. I am Anthony Caruso. And I'm Susan Wade. I am from New Jersey. And I'm from Seattle. So we're East Coast meets West Coast, and we'll talk about racing that happens all over the map. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a really fun show for you. The U.S. Nationals at Indianapolis is coming up Labor Day weekend, and with us in this episode of the Caruso and Wade podcast is the Cinderella runner-up in Top Fuel last time around. Kevin Kinsley is sharing his memories of that day. Plus, he has some fascinating information about drag boat racing, the nostalgia scene, and even the Top Fuel canopies. He's a busy guy. I wish you listeners could see the huge smile that Kevin has on his face because he wears it 24 hours a day. So, <laughs> Kevin, we're so happy to that you're you're taking time to visit with us a, a little bit here on the Caruso and Wade podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. And uh, <clears throat> we actually got a little break here in the action. We've been uh, getting the car prepared to go to Indy, and we just fired it up and. Uh, it sounded amazing. I mean, it's just uh, I'm so blessed to be able to get to go do this and with a great bunch of guys, and and uh, we're excited about going back to Indy. Yeah, I was going to ask you about take us back to that last Labor Day weekend at Indianapolis. I mean, that's it's time again. The U.S. Nationals is coming up, and you know you've you've got to have some great memories of going to the Top Fuel final round last year. You know, it it was crazy. I mean, I woke up Tuesday morning and I'm like wow, was I in a dream? Did this really happen? You know, it's like, it just, I mean, I've told this story before. I just, you know, when I was a kid, I remember watching Wide World of Sports and watching Don Gartless and, um, you know, Don Perdome and all these, all my heroes, you know, right, racing at Indy and, I, and on Wide World of Sports. And i like, someday I'm going to do that, you know, and then to able to even get to go and then participate. Uh, when we had the gas monkey car, we got to go and we didn't qualify, but I felt like we won the race just qualifying, you know. I mean, it was the fastest field in in Indy history, and uh, we were on the bump, and just just glad to be there, you know. And uh, like I said, I just have been very blessed with Roger Hannon and the Road Rage people have been backing us, and they're uh, they're excited about it. We're going back there again, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can go one more uh, one more pass on the track than we did last time and win the thing. I mean, that would be the real Cinderella story, but. Uh, like I said, we're uh, we're working hard to get it ready to go. Well, you tried to get your foot in that glass slipper really hard last year, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But what do you expect this time? I mean, realistically, I mean, you you kind of have, you, you know what it's like to go to the final round. Now, how how hard is that to repeat that? Well, I, it probably is even more difficult. You know, I mean, um, I'm sure they're not gonna, and not at any, but everybody when they go to the starting line is is going for the juggler vein and then that's what we do too you know and that's kind of the approach we've always taken and we only get to do this like three or four times a year but when we go we're going to run hard and you know they better have their a game on because we're going to try to have our a game on you know and it's just uh you know that's what's so cool about scott palmer and sean reed and some of the other guys that are, that are trying to you know get after it and and be a part of this thing and be a front runner and or a spoiler you know and that's that's what we're going for, you know, to be a spoiler and go some rounds and uh, turn the wind light on. How hard is it to be an independent team out there against the against the conglomerates, I guess? I mean, Steve Torrance isn't exactly an independent, but he's shown that, you know, you, you, know, you, can, you can do it. You know, I mean, we, we're an independent, but we're really not. I mean, 
we're teamed up with Coletta, and if it wasn't for those guys, we wouldn't be where we're at today. And um, they're still a big influence on our how we tune our car. And uh, Jimmo and the whole gang over there have just been such a great support to our team. And you know, Roger buys all his parts from them, and and we share information. And uh, and and you know, Donnie is doing a fantastic job. Him and David Kirkland, and they uh, David Kirkland is our co-crew chief, and you know, it's just uh, it's a it's an orchestra. I mean, everybody has to do their job and do it right, and they got to care, you know, and that's the main thing. And we got a bunch of good guys that, that really, you know, care about what they're doing, and they want to turn this thing around, and they want to make me, you know, have a safe ride for me and, and, and go rounds. I mean, that's what it's all about. And, and like I said, we're just we're ecstatic. We're getting to go back to Indy this year. I mean, we've kind of struggled this season and weren't real sure if we were going to go. Um, we changed to the new late model cylinder heads and really hadn't gotten a handle on that. And, and uh, we've gotten a bunch of new clutch discs. We just had a lot of little variables that that these things are so touchy. I mean, they're one turn of the knob from either making it or blowing up, you know. And I mean, and that's what you know. My hats off to all the guys that get to go every weekend because they can keep up with that routine. And it's hard for the guys that you know only get to go three or four times a year and 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 to be able to go out and compete on the level that we're racing at. It's just unbelievable, you know. And uh, Again, that's why I think I say every morning, I was like, I pinch myself, wow, I get to really go do this. And it's 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 quite an opportunity to even get to go, but to have a car that has a chance of going rounds is just phenomenal. That's so cool. And and how much of the, the new track prep have you seen yet? Because that's, that's caused a few problems this year. I think the guys are kind of, the guys who are out there regularly are kind of getting a handle on it. But what does that mean for somebody like you who hasn't, Hasn't been out there on it a lot. Well, that's that's definitely been part of our problem, even at Phoenix. And well, actually, the Phoenix track track prep hadn't changed yet. But um, you know, like Topeka, it had, and and actually, the way we run our car, it wasn't as bad for us as it would be for the other guys that run the things a lot harder. And they're trying to set low ET. We're not out there to set low ET. We just want to try to be in the middle of the pack and be a spoiler on Sunday or Monday, like at Indy. So. but it has played into our tune-up a little bit. I think that's why we're dropping cylinders. And, and plus, we had some clutch dish issues. And like I said, that's all stuff you got to work out to go A to B, go down the track, and that's how you learn it. And, and that's kind of the wall we're up against with not being able to, to go run or go test. Or, you know, it, it, like I said, you go down the track, you get that data, and that's what helps you go to the next round. And, uh, anyway, we're just going to go out there and do our, our best shot and, and see how it goes, you know. What do you th- I mean, how long do you think it'll be before you step up that one more level and that you're right there in the countdown mix? How long will that be? I, that is a dream of mine. Um, I'm not, sh- Roger, this, Roger likes to go do this for fun and he's a smart enough man. He doesn't let it take him over and <laughs> obsess his <laughs> life like it does with me. I mean, I would go every day racing if I could, but you know, I, he's a smart man. He's a great businessman. He's taught me a lot of stuff. Um, so I'm, I own my own business, um, but it just to run a full time schedule. It just takes so much money, and he just doesn't want to spend that kind of money. This is a fun deal for all of us buddies to get together and get to go do it. When we ran the fuel altered car, when we first got the the dragster, this was a, just a place for all of us to go hang out and have fun and and go do it some. And then it's gotten a lot more serious. It's you know it just costs so much money to even be you know a mediocre team. You know I mean um, so. It's it's hard. I call it. It's hard to be a semi-pro. 
you know, because mm-hmm. you need to go a lot to learn it, but at the same time, you don't want to go spend all your money just to go to do it, you know, and to run 24 races, it's just astronomically expensive. It just, it's sickening, you know, but uh, I, I want to go do it, but it's not my pocketbook, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of these days, maybe somebody will be impressed, but uh, but in the meantime, you also have a nostalgia funny car, and I hear you have some plans for that right after Indianapolis. What's up with that? Yeah, we're excited. Um, I haven't run my car in several years. It used to be in my alcohol funny car, and we changed it over to nostalgia fuel car, and and Chris Graves have this has this race funny car chaos, and it's really growing in popularity. I mean that they're having good turnouts of fans and cars, and they're expecting over thirty cars at this racetrack close to our house in Denton. Um, and uh, we're excited about going up there. I mean, a bunch of my guys on my crew are going to come help me, and and some of my old crew guys from my funny car are going to come. So uh, yeah, we're excited about it. I blow the mothballs off of it. Just, uh, <laughs> And we've actually, you know, took it all apart and put it all back together, and uh, we're in the process of getting it back together. Actually, I brought the clutch up here. My clutch machine and everything's up here at the dragster shop, so I've got to freshen all that up before I go home tomorrow and and get the clutch back in it. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I I miss setting that body down and, you know, doing long burnouts, and uh, hopefully it'll, it'll run well and uh, turn the wind line on with that thing, too. I'm excited to get back in it. Well, no, we we love giving Chris Graves a big a big uh, boost there because he's done a really great job with that, and and it and it was just, I think it's only a year or so old, isn't it? Isn't that whole series, that Funny Car Chaos series, pretty pretty new? It is. It's like the second year on it, mm-hmm. and uh, I understand they're talking about having eight races next year. I think they're having four or five this year, but uh, um, yeah, it's you know it. Gives you a low buck team. I mean, you, you could any funny car can come. You can run it on alcohol or nitrous or whatever. It just has to be a funny car, you know. So a big show car could come, but you got to be able to turn this thing around, you know, turn it around fast and uh, basically round robbing the thing. And uh, so that's you know that brings another aspect into the to the show because you you know you can't be throwing the moon at this thing and and expect it to come back. And you don't have time to take the pistons out. You know, you basically got to come back and zero the clutch, put oil and fuel in it, and go back up there. And it's a Chicago style, uh, you know, type setting. So it's, you know, it's gonna. <laughs> you can't lean on it super hard, but you got to go fast enough to win the deal. So, you know, it's going to be a new challenge, and and I'm excited about to get to go do it. You know, I love the funny cars. I I miss driving them, and uh, it'll be fun. Will you say hi to our good friend Marvin Rodak from Rodak's Coffee and Grills? He he's into the. Um, uh, to funny car chaos up there. Is it Lone Star Dragway? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 So say hi to Marvin for us and have some hey, of his Marvin. Co- <laughs> have some of his coffee too. It's awesome coffee from yeah. all over the world. But uh, but I think too you have the distinction, if I believe, of being the only person this year to drive a top fuel dragster, a nostalgia funny car, and a top fuel hydroplane race boat all in the same season. Well, I never thought about that, but yeah, <laughs> again, I'm very blessed to get to go do this stuff, and um, the boat deal was kind of a surprise, last minute, hey, you want to go try to help us line this thing out, and I said, sure, and um, we went to uh, uh, Grove, Oklahoma, which is uh, east of Tulsa, probably about an hour, and just a beautiful venue um the water was just absolutely gorgeous and the pits were nice and it's just just a really neat place to race never been there before um 
we had some issues with it. It swapped lanes with me three times, and uh, luckily I didn't run over anything or anybody, but uh, we were <laughs> able to come back and just keep making changes to the boat, and it was getting better. And then the last run of the day, um, the way it worked out, uh, Kevin Burgess, he was uh, he made the show, but he blew the boat up and put a rod through the bottom of the boat, so we had a legal single first round. And then... Uh, um, uh, we ran. We got to go to the finals, and I'd already crossed the lane. But you can, you can do whatever you want on a legal single in the SUVA. So um, it crossed the lane again. So we came back, made some more adjustments, and then I made some driving adjustments. I cocked the boat a little bit more to the right because it was going left, and and I just told myself, I said, hey, I'm gonna hang on and see if I can make this thing go A to B. And if it starts going left too hard, I'll just shut it off, you know, or, or go right or whatever it was gonna go do because these things are pretty unpredictable and. Man, I kept telling myself, it's going straight, it's going straight. <laughs> I just put my foot in, and, and it got to about, it left pretty hard, but about half track, about three-eighths track, it it was insane fast. I mean, it just started ripping my head off, and I'm like, wow, it's on a run, you know. And then about that time, I stand focused on keeping it in between the two buoys at the finish line, and, you know, it was still it was starting to go to the left a little bit. And, I was able to maintain it, you know, not going to the left anymore. And then next thing I know, I was hit the chutes and shut it off. I'm like, wow, that thing was trucking. And and when I got back to the trailer, they told me how fast it ran. And I was like, oh, my God, like, that was insane fast on the water. But, you know, the fastest I'd ever been before that was like 236 miles an hour with a single prop and a quarter mile. This thing ran 240 miles an hour at half track. Thanks. In a thousand feet, so it was like, it, it was incredible. And uh, my hats off to Todd Haas and the Tommy Thompson crew and Tom Conway. They put an awesome package together, and then and actually they backed the motor down, and it still it made more boost, had more fuel flow going to the motor than they'd ever had, and pulled more G's. It pulled 4.8 G's in a boat. Whoa! So it was it was so cool. But was that a record? It, uh, it was. It was a record, and we won the race. So it was. It was a good day. And we finally got it to act right, and and we and we found some stuff wrong with the boat. And Todd's actually got the boat all apart right now, and he's uh, squaring some stuff up to make it drive better. But uh, it's one of those things. I just, you know, I've been doing this thing. I've been doing drag boats since I was fourteen, and I'm very blessed on having awareness where I was on the track and the feel in my butt when things are right or wrong and, you know, and, and to be able to lift and come back and tell your crew, Hey, it's doing this, it's doing this, it's doing that. And then come back and try to fix it. That's what's challenging me. I, I really enjoy trying to fix things and make them better. And, um, anyway, and all the guys on the crew, we've all worked together on different race teams or raced against each other. And it was kind of cool. It was like we, we said, it's like putting the band back together and we had a great time and it, it was really fun. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, we're going to run Parker, Arizona. It's actually the weekend before Vegas. And then Phoenix is the drag boat world finals at Firebird. And it's the week after Vegas. So we'll have, you know, two races in a row and uh, we'll finish up the boat season with that. And then I think they're going to put a new boat together for next season. And they, they asked me if I'd come back and drive it next year. So I think I will, you know, it's, I enjoy doing it and, um, you know, it's, it's a good competitive class. I mean, they've got, they're getting more and more participation in it. And, um, there's actually a race in Wheatland 
at uh, the Lucas track um, the same weekend as Indy. So I've been getting all these emails and texts and stuff. Man, which one are you going to, Wheatland or Indy? I'm going to Indy. <laughs> I got an unfinished business there. So, but, uh, but no, nah, it's been really cool to be able to get to do all three, three things, and uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get good at all three of them and have some fun and turn the wind light on. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised we found time to talk to you, or you found time to talk to us because you're always busy working on one of these three things. So yeah, yeah. Is that both the um the boat that you did? Was that Liquid Voodoo? Is that the one that that Scott Palmer owns? It is. Yeah, okay. him and Tommy Thompson own it together, and uh, it used to be Liquid Voodoo. They call it um, what <laughs> they call it? It's funny. Um, I'll think of it in a second. It's uh. Oh my gosh, I forgot. But Tommy came up with a name, and he's he's kind of a prankster joke guy. But oh, junk and disorderly is the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that kind of fits. <laughs> I'm I'm sure Scott had some sort of input there because that sounds like something yeah, right, he would right. come up with yeah. as well because he's got such a great sense of humor. But, but yeah, uh, yeah and a- he's a neat guy, man. We've been friends for a long time. I mean, we've done some crazy stuff to keep racing and. I mean, both of us went to Pomona one time and run our alcohol cars, and we didn't know how we were going to get home. We are so broke, and I think I qualified, and he didn't, and I had, I got my check before we pulled out of the gate, and I think we split the check so we could both get home, you know, and I actually he ended up staying another week. Him and Tyler went to a skateboard park, and they just had a blast, you know. But, you know, that's, that's how Palmer rolls, man. It's so cool. He's he's such a good guy, and I've, I've been, been lucky to be really good friends with him for quite a while, but, uh, been a cool deal. That's awesome. And I think he's got Tyler a little busy right now working on the dragster. So I don't think he's got time to do skateboard parks or anything like that. No, right now. Probably not much, <laughs> <laughs> but they're still it's having really fun. Cool Cause Tyler's getting to go with him and, and they're, they're still racing together. And that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, And Ty, Ty, for those who don't know, Tyler is Scott's son. So, and uh, they're having a, a blast doing their father thing, father son thing over there, you know. And I don't know how many father son uh, drivers and crew guys we have out there, but maybe there's probably a few in the pro ranks. But oh yeah, not 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 that many, you know. So no. so that's kind of a kind of a you you hang out with a, a fun bunch. I do. <laughs> Actually, all my teams are really fun. I I uh, like I said, I've been very blessed to. to be where I'm at in my career, um, racing. And, uh, and it's been a, it's been an up and down road. I mean, it's, I mean, I've, I've spun a fuel boat out at 236 miles an hour in the light. Had, I've hit the wall with my funny car and caught it on fire and burned it to the ground. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those deals you just, I just, it's probably my downside, but I'm not a quitter. I gotta, I just, I gotta fix it. I gotta make it better. I gotta, you know, let's, you know we can do this, you know, and it's uh, and then we come back and win, you know, four na- or two national events and four races. Only went to five races in Mile Call Funny Car in 2006. So, you know, it's uh, racing. You got to have a you got to have a thick skin to go do this. <laughs> a thick skin and a thick wallet too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never been on the thick wallet side, but uh, I've been blessed with some good sponsors over the years and. And uh, I'll be dinging on their door here, trying to get this funny car back together in the next few weeks. So. <laughs> well, I, I love it. It's kind of cool with it being a home track race too coming up, and a lot of my customers will come out, and you know, a lot of all my old buddies and stuff. So it's, it'll be a cool race with Chris and the nostalgia deal. But uh, 
I tell you what, I mean, I, I keep saying I'm very blessed, and I just really feel that, and I like to express that, but like it going to Indy, man, it was so cool to having all the people come up to us. Man, we're so glad, glad to see some new blood in here, and you guys are doing great. Man, it was really cool with all the fans at Indy, and oh my God, my phone blew up for like a week or two after Indy, and people calling and coming by my shop, and it just, what an awesome experience for that many people to actually be able to come contact you or come see you and just to see their enthusiasm on, golly, man, we were yelling so loud, the neighbors were coming over and went, what's going on? You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it, it's just cool to hear that, you know, and I, I think this sport needs more of a, or the Scott Palmers and the Kevin Kinsley and the Sean Reed. We need more people to keep this thing going and not taking away anything from the big the big guys, but, I mean, that you know, I just think we need some new blood in there. And the, and the fans evidently do because they, the, they showed it to us at Indy. So, it, you know, it's, I'm hoping we can come back and do, do maybe even better this year. So that's our goal. So Getting some more love, right? Yeah, 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 I like it. You know, you know, I think it was Dallas, but I think you had one of the funniest quotes of the year last year when you said, "Like I'm not even a, a great bowler," and and <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, uh, yeah we were at uh, that was at that was at Houston, and uh, oh, Houston, okay. I went blazing down through there, ran a three seventy seven, which was amazing. The run and the and the early part of the day, the first run at Houston, I'm like, I was stoked, you know, and then they're towing me back and they're saying, hey, they disqualified you. I'm like, we haven't even got to the scales yet. How they disqualify us? You know, they're like, oh, they said something fell off the car. I said, I look behind the car. I'm like, man, the blower belt's on, everything's on. I'm like, and we got back there and there, there's a little can-in filter that goes on the clutch can to keep the dust from getting on the track. Well, it, it came off the car We'd had some issues with it, and we welded little rings around the titanium can and did all different stuff trying to keep this thing on there. But it gets so hot, you know, it's just a plastic air filter that goes on there. So it, you know, it doesn't take long. It gets loosens itself up or whatever. But that thing came off and hit the foam block and didn't even knock it over, just touched it. And they threw the run out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I was saying, I can't believe this. I can't even bowl. All I can do is bowl gutter balls, and and I can't. And then I go 320 miles an hour, and my filter hits the cone. You know, I mean, what's the <laughs> what's the chances of that happening? That's crazy, you know. So that's where that quote came from. That was just that was so funny. I mean, you just have such a great sense of humor, and you really have to have one out there, or you'd go crazy, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, probably. I think I'm half crazy anyway, but uh. Yeah, don't ask my ex-wife. That'd be even that'd be another story for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Now you got us intrigued. That may be a, maybe a sequel to this interview. Huh? You know, so. <laughs> yeah. that probably would be good on my part. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. So, if you want a good sponsor, yeah. let's 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 don't think about that one. So, right, right. But, uh, right. No, that's that's really awesome. And you, I, but I, I've always wondered because. You know, I I see a lot of hydroplanes, and and which is which is scarier? I mean, I I think boats are not the cars aren't scary, but the boats are kind of scary to me. Which would you think one's more dangerous than another? Um, oh, I definitely believe the boats are more dangerous. Um, but I was raised in the drag boats. You know, I raced with my mom and dad for years, and then they sold our hydroplane in 1984. 
And then I started, I was basically a hired gun. I started driving all these different teams. And um, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, probably 10 years ago, I'd sat down and probably with a bottle of wine and my ex and I, and we were sitting there, we wrote down all the boats that I'd driven. And we were up to 70 then. And Whoa. this was in probably, this is probably early, probably 2000. I probably driven another 20 or 30 boats since then. And, and since then also cars and fuel altered and other people's funny cars. And I mean, it just, just got a lot, get a lot of experience. And that's, I guess that's why I've never been scared. Um, I take that back. That's not true. I crashed the top fuel boat at Augusta, Georgia, and I was stuck upside down in the mud at the bottom of the river mm-hmm. for about, uh, uh, probably a minute or so. Then a boat, the current was so bad there, it pulled the boat out of the mud and it stuck on the guide wires that held the starting line barge and the, where the lights were on. And um, it got up against the guide wires and they couldn't open the windshield to get me out. So I was down probably three and a half, four minutes. You can go onto YouTube and type my name in and it, it's pretty insane to watch. But uh, when I was stuck at the bottom and I could just barely see a little light out of the corner of my eye, I was like, this is not good. And, uh, and my buddy You're Jason right. Rupert, my buddy Jason Rupert told me, oh, probably a year before, he goes, he goes, you need to stop driving them damn boats, man. You're going to be sitting at the bottom of the lake one day, and you're going to think Jason Rupert told me not to get in that boat. So as soon as I got out of the boat and got to my phone, I called Jason. I'm like, you son of a... Choice <laughs> words. I said, that's exactly what I thought about when I was at the bottom of the drink. <laughs> anyway, he's... He, I mean, we both laughed, but we cried at the same time. It was scary. I, that that kind of wigged me out. But we put the boat back together, and it's just like getting knocked off a horse, you know? I mean, that, I've always been fortunate. If it was a funny car fire or I crashed a boat, or I've always been able to get right back on a boat within a few weeks or a month or so. And that, and I think if I if it ever happened to me, like, over the winter, you know, and you had all that time, to all that duration to think about it, and it just – that would probably wig me out more because I've, I've always been able to get right back on the saddle. That's, I think that's key to, to keeping your sanity to, to doing this crazy stuff. But, but no, I just, the drag boat stuff, even like in a funny car, I feel like when they set the body down, I feel real, I feel comfortable. And, and I, and same with the drag boat capsule. A lot of people, you shut that lid down and they wig out like a cat throwing them in water. You know, <laughs> I've seen that a lot of times, really? but it makes me feel more secure. And, and uh, and a lot of the times, I mean, we build a lot of the capsules at my shop, and we do a lot of updating on the capsules, and I build a lot of the hardware for some of the top fuel teams and different things and pro-mod boats and, and all kinds of stuff. And we've serviced the people in that industry for, I mean, I've been in business since 1984. We built the first capsule on the Coors Light boat, um, which actually ended up being a Spirit of America boat in 1987. So I've been involved with it since the start of the capsules. And, um so you know, I've seen it. I've seen the bad side where people crash, and we've we've tried to learn to make it better, you know, and uh, and we've changed things and made them stronger. And of course, the technology of the motors that keep going faster and faster. So you got to stay ahead of the curve, and you know, and I mean, these things are going so fast now. I don't, I don't know if you could build anything safe enough to withstand a two hundred, you know, seventy or eighty mile an hour crash because they they feel like a phoenix. This thing. Um, of Scott and Tommy's, it's it's possibly going to run away over 275 miles an hour. So, with the data they got from that one run, um, it's possible. But you know, we got the best equipment, and, and uh, we're always doing new stuff on the technology, on on the safety, and 
you know, a lot of the stuff from the cars have carried over into the boats, like the helmet supports around your head, and, and we foam ourselves into the seats, and, you know, we do everything like the car guys do, you know, and it's uh, it's definitely helped a lot, um, but still, it's it's a dangerous sport, so is drag boat race. I mean, drag car racing, and it's, it's all dangerous, but um, we try to, you know, dot all our I's and cross all our T's and, you know, try to make it as best as we can make it, but it's still racing and anything could happen. That's true. It's really kind of great that the um, that the drag boat industry has has helped out with the canopy in the in the drag car racing. You know, so that yeah, was that, my were... buddy James Brendel is the one that's that started that, and he's a awesome innovator, and um, he's a very very talented guy. And he and him and Mike Green worked close together, and he built the one for Tony's car, and um, and then he made. I mean, he made a couple more of them, and then he sold it to Aerodyne that does all the carbon fiber work for most of the teams. And right. and, uh, and they make them for him now, but uh, he, he's actually working on one for a funny car right now, and uh, I think he's waiting on a little more funding for, for that project, but uh, he's one of them guys, he can make it happen. I mean, he's very smart and very talented in that, in that industry. You know, he told me about the funny car canopy, and I, for some reason, maybe you can help me uh, understand how do you have a capsule in a funny car which has the body down over the top what is can you can you give us a, a quick you know explanation about how that works well i mean james would be a better one to talk to about that he's talked to me about it um and he told me how he worked on the latches to open up when the body opens up and blah 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 and i honestly i he was going to send me some drawings and i've never have seen them but i mean uh, I know for a fact that Robert Height, some of the other funny car teams have taken an interest in it. Um, as far as how far along they've progressed, I, I'm, I'm not aware of that. But uh, if anybody could figure out, James can. He's, he's very, very talented. Yes, he is. And he is, uh, he is the one who, I think, uh, collaborated, like you said, collaborated with Mike Green. I think he brought it to Mike, didn't he? Yeah. I believe he did. Or maybe Mike yeah. sought it from him, but I don't know. They worked together. I know those two worked together. To bring well, it Mike to the Yeah, Mike actually uh, worked with uh, um, some of the other drag boat guys back in the day, building motor, motors for Rex Hutchinson and stuff. And that's where I think him and James, you know, met originally. And 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 Rex and uh, and Jamie and all them go back way back. Their dads were all buddies, and you know, and as kids they all ran around together too. So yeah, he's that was his connection with Mike Green, and and uh, I think Mike Green seen the potential there. You know. You know, trying to make the sport safer. You know, and I, I think it's, I think it's a great piece, and uh, I'd, I'd love to have one in our car. But is it a matter of it expense? Mandatory. Is it a yeah, matter of expense? Yeah. That and weight. You know, we're already a little bit overweight, and so, you know, it just, uh, I don't think we're in the market for that yet. So, but I'd love to have one. So I think they're, I think they're pretty cool. There's still, there's still a lot of top fuel drivers who are on the other side of the fence and saying, "No, nah, I'm not convinced yet," or whatever. But I was talking to the IndyCar people and was hoping they would would see the value of that, especially after Justin Wilson's accident at, and right. uh, excuse me at Pocono. And right. um, you know, I, I was kind of hoping that they'd be more receptive to it, but not yet. You know, they they kind of have ruled against that at this point, but uh, I don't think they're looking at it, but maybe they are behind the scenes. Who knows? You know, they don't tell us everything, right? So, 
Sure, right. But I think if it could, it could help them or the F1 guys, perhaps, you know, right. might be a good thing. Jet drivers have it, right? Jet drags are guys or gals have it. Right. So. Well, you know, it's just like when they went from the front motor cars to the rear motor cars. I mean, it's, you know, it took a while to people wanted to go do that, you know, and then, but once Garlitz proved it, hey, this is what we need to do, and everybody jumped on the bandwagon. So, you know, I mean, I think it's, I, won't, I don't want to call it monkey see, monkey do, but, you know, it's similar to that, you know, I mean, until you, you prove your point, and then it looks like, well, you know, we really need that, <laughs> you know, and then everybody does it, you know, but, uh, and it's crazy, and, and I'm not knocking on the teams or stuff, but it's just, you know, and I see it in my industry all the time, that, you know, they'll go spend $20,000 on a blower, but they won't go spend 5000 to make their drag boat caps are safer, you know, or, you know, update it with the new latches or, or add more tabs to the floor so the thing won't, you know, settle and then the latches don't lock properly. And, it's, you know, it's just all that little stuff, you know. They don't want to ever spend any money on it because it doesn't make it go faster. <laughs> but I'd say 90% of the people are that way. You know, they, they're more about making their boat go faster and than they are worrying about making it safe. And it's just sometimes you sit back and go, wow, man. You know, wake up, smell the roses here. This is this is your life. I mean, this thing this thing will kill you. <laughs> so you need to make it as safe as possibly can. You know, and and like I say, we're we're always trying stuff and innovate stuff and working with engineers. And I actually was uh, fortunate enough to be able to go to the they had a, at the PRI show. They had some people staying in like Murph McKinney, and they had a drag boat uh, capsule meeting there, and I and I was invited to, and it it was very interesting and. Um, I think there's a chance that actually some of the offshore guys were in on the meeting also, and uh, they added a bunch of stuff because they've, they've done all the test dummy type stuff, and they've, they've got G-meters in their boat, and they, 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 they're probably 10 years ahead of us on technology as far as what they've already learned and what works and what composite layouts they use and, you know, like the F-16 windshields they use and, you know, that kind of stuff. They're, they're, they're way ahead of us in the, the drag boat world. But and it was really nice to get to talk and, and meet with these guys and, and hear their, you know, stuff they've already learned. And, and Murph McKinney was, he was awesome to be in there and to, just to be a part of it and putting his two cents in. And, you know, because he's a smart guy. He's been in this industry forever. And, and him and I have worked close on drag boat capsule stuff in the past. Um, he actually came to my shop one time when I was living in Houston and came down there and looked at what we were doing. Actually got to have a hands-on and seeing what we were making them and how we were making them and how the latches worked, and, you know, all the safety stuff with the back door we were having issues with at the time. And, you know, it was just, it was nice to have someone with, you know, his savvy and his intelligence to come in and look at it and go, well, what do you think about doing like this? You know, and that's, that's how you get, networking is how you make this stuff work. You know, it's not just one guy. It's, networking with a bunch of people that put some ideas together and coming up with a plan. You know, that's, yeah, I talked to, asked Sam Schmidt. I said, you, you know, you know a lot of people in drag racing. Sam Schmidt is IndyCar owner and and team owner. And, um, and I said, you know a lot of people in drag racing. What do you think about getting a, a summit meeting together, not with the the sanctioning body people, but just, just you guys, the team owners, and come up with some some ideas that you might be able to share? You know, like somebody says, here's a problem we have. Do you guys have that problem? What do you? What have you done about it? And think about right. a, a summit like that. And he said, Sam said that's a good idea, but nothing's ever happened so far. But I think, I think it could. I think that'd be a good thing with a NASCAR and IndyCar and maybe even someone from F1 if they wanted to come over and 
and get in on it. But I think NHRA would be, a, I think that'd be a, a great idea. Yeah, I do too. Well, we'll see if it, if that ever materializes. But right. you know, you've got a lot on your plate before you'd even take on anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. But you know that's what we do, and that's you know we we make time for that kind of stuff. So, uh, um, like I said, we do quite a bit of updating on capsules and, at my shop. And uh, fortunately, there's not that many people in the country that mess with these things. And uh, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Sometimes it's like you spend a lot of time. There's a lot of detail, and you know, because you you got to really pay attention to what you're doing and, and and look these things over and try to find the weaknesses and. The, the other problem we have in the drag boat industry is that a lot of these capsule shelves have been around for a long time and they're not rotating them out long enough, you know, and like the capsule frames, I've had them come in my shop where the, the floor was totally rusted out of them and, you know, if they don't pull the seats out and check all the tubing underneath there, that's what happens, especially if, it, you know, if they're in and out of the water and sometimes they get wet and and uh, it's just chromoly tubing and, you know, sometimes they're powder coated and sometimes the paint's not on there good enough, you know, or or powder, so you have to check these things a lot. And the, and the and the sanctioning bodies are way better about it than it used to be. And and uh, but I see a lot of that kind of stuff coming through the shop. And again, that's back to the same thing I was talking earlier about you know people spending money on the safety equipment. You've got to be able to pull these things out, pull them apart, inspect them, and put them back together meticulously, and make sure the lid latch is right. And you know, and, the, and you do all the update with the seat belts, and on and on and on and on. I mean, it's there's a lot to it, but, uh, you know, it's, like I said, the organizations are getting better at, at policing that. And, uh, so hopefully, you know, in the near future, it's going to, going to be, uh, you know, a lot safer. Well, I think from the sanctioning bodies, um, perspective, it's probably a matter of liability and legalities and, 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 but I think from a team owner standpoint, whether it's a, a drag boat or a drag car, I think, I think, or a top fuel dragster anyway, I think I think it's a matter of conscience more than legalities and liabilities and what's mandatory and what isn't. I think it's a matter of conscience. Right. You know, yeah. what, do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Who do you want to be, maybe? Right. So it's, 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 well, I guess that's, you know, we're always looking to get better and there's, and, and there's just one area among many probably that, that, we have room to get better, so that's a good thing. Right. Identify it first, and maybe we can get it fixed then. Right. So, well, you have been so wonderful to take so much time with us and what interesting things you've uncovered and, and, and brought up here. So I'm, I'm thrilled. This is really great. I've learned a lot. I bet the listeners have as well. So thanks for well, being thank with us. Thank you for having me. I enjoy it. I, I'm not good at talking about politics, but I can talk your ear off about racing. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. The Caruso and Wade yeah. podcast is all about racing and all about different kinds of racing, too. So you kind of helped us cross a bunch of lines. So that was awesome. So thank you oh, so thank much. You. Oh, thank you for having me. Enjoyed it. We'll do it again. Okay, sounds good. Hey, okay. thanks. Derek Travis is a former member of the popular Street Outlaws Top 10 list. These racers claim to be the fastest racers in the country. Travis drives the Silver Unit, the 1986 third gen Chevy Camaro. He defeated Farm Truck to get on the list and rose all the way to number 5. When he raced on the show, he used to request the other racers' sleeves when he won. 
Travis will be racing this weekend at Echo Dragway in Echo, New Jersey for the All Out Live TV taping. Besides Travis, Jason Lancaster, who drives the Unicorn, and potentially Shannon Poole, who was on the Street Outlaws New Orleans show, will also be present for the TV taping. This coming weekend, next weekend, you're at the All Out Live event at Echo Dragway in Echo, New Jersey. Is this the first time you you participate without All Out Live? Yeah, this is my first. Uh, this is my first trip on the All Out Live TV show. What do you think it's going to be like? It's it's a little different than what you experiencedly been on with the Street Outlaws show that's so popular. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little different, different pace, but uh, it's racing, so I'm all about it. You said that you're driving to Iowa to get your engine fixed. How long will that potentially take before you can head here for next weekend's event? Uh, I'm hoping to leave out from Oklahoma on Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday, and then then you'll probably be here Wednesday night, Thursday morning, probably, right? Uh, be Thursday night. It's twenty. It's twenty-two hours. Oh wow, that's a long time. Yep. And you, you previously told me that Brandy, uh, Brandon Smith, who is advertised, would not be able to make it because he blown his engine last week. What happened with that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he dropped the valve or something. I'm not sure the ins and outs. Uh, I don't. I don't. Me and Brandon don't talk on a daily basis or anything. Oh, okay. So uh, the producer asked if I knew anybody else that was halfway popular that wasn't one of the events of filming. So I got him in touch with Jason Lancaster. Uh, okay. He's got the 55. It's called from Kentucky. It's called the Unicorn. Okay. He's done a lot of the. He did all the no prep kings last year. He's went down and raced JJ and them guys, and uh, he's helped me out a few times also. Okay, so he he's supposed to be here as well as the second potential star? Yep. Okay. Now, uh, you mentioned that you've never been here to New Jersey before. Uh, you said you'd be here Thursday night, and, and likely you won't leave until Saturday. Is there something that you might be looking forward to when you come here to New Jersey besides racing? Uh, I mean, I wish I had the time to go, you know, going up to... New York, I mean, as far as I've ever been that way, uh, but um, yeah, I just want to come up, race, I enjoy going to different tracks and racing different tracks. Oh, okay. Because I know with it, with uh, even the No Prep series, uh, the No Prep Kings, they're, they're trying to go all over the country too now, and they are, they also have an event here the week after you where um, they'll be racing at Maple Grove Raceway in Montauk, Pennsylvania. And they should bring out all the stars for that show uh, as well. So it'd be like back-to-back where you and Jason will be here. And then maybe he'll, uh, instead of leaving, maybe he'll just drive to Montauk, Pennsylvania because it's not even that far away to race for the following weekend if he's appearing on that show as well. Um, I don't know what his plans are. There again, I mean, that's not my area. Okay. Uh, I know I'm supposed to, depending on how everything goes, and I've got people that are coming with me that are, you know, that need to get back to work and stuff like that. But once they, 
once we get that figured out, I might be trying to go to Maple Grove as well. Oh, okay. I know that's. Uh, I'm supposed to be there as well. That's. Um, I've already been approved for that, so that's uh, something that I'm looking forward to covering as well. Um, it's a little different because you guys never raced here before, and this show and that show is totally different. And for this this show, it's like going to be on TV, but it's supposed to be live or something. They're saying. And then that show is um, taped and will be uh, aired later. Yeah. That, that's what, uh, from my understanding. Which show? The No Breath King? Yes, yes, because that's going to be um, airing around the first of the year or something they were saying to me, Discovery we were saying. I don't know anything about Discovery Plans, man. Oh, okay. Because that was one of the PR people, and that's what they were, they were hinting at me, that the, the new um, No Prep Games will be airing around the, the first of the year. But uh, with New Jersey and the show, and you, you raised a lot of different places, and, and you meant right. that if you uh, had more time, you might go to New York. But coming to New Jersey, this is your first time, right? and, and you never raised on the show, like, is there any expectation for you, or you just want to go out there and put on a good show? Man, I just want to go out, race my car, and have fun. Okay. And, and you're still bringing, uh, bringing the, the silver unit you don't have a, a second car like some people have on the show no I sure don't okay then I know Reaper and some other guys have like multiple cars they, today they have no I'm still bringing my my 2007 Duramax it's got 320,000 miles on it and I'm bringing my 24 foot enclosed trailer that leaks oh okay <laughs> uh, with, with Jason have you raced him before uh, I've never raced him personally okay uh, Maybe you could have like a, a a race between you guys, and maybe that was uh, the first time, like you said, or it could have been uh, additional uh, multiple times raced each other. Yeah, we've never raced each other. We went to an appearance together uh, in the El Paso, uh, but he didn't have his car together, and I blew up my motor, which is what we're trying to fix right now. Oh, okay. Now with this, uh, I know you already have a call out, and you already. You, you you were calling out yourself some other drivers. What what uh what do you expect from the, the New Jersey, New York crowd that you might face this time around? Uh I mean, this is my first time ever coming up there once again. Yeah. There's no this time around, so I don't know I mean I don't know any other cars or anything like that. They all have an advantage. They they've all seen me, you know, race on multiple places and show could potentially if it if it could seem more like blow up like the Street Outlaw show and become as popular with that show? Um, it's, a, it's a different type of thing. I mean, it's not really a it's not a, they're not even competing against each other. One's on a front track, one's a game show and, you know, the All Out Live is a game show and stuff like that. It's more like a piece. So, yes. I mean, it's, 
the same people that did teams, the same producer that did teams, that's just no rich Christian. So, I mean, it's one of those things that that was successful for many, 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 many years and many, many seasons. So, I don't see why, you know, the same people doing it as long as there's plenty of, uh, plenty of people showing up to it. Last I heard, there's already over 300 cars that are supposed to be there. So, that's, that's a good showing no matter what. Exactly. Yes, it is. And and a lot of people will, will be for you and Jason. A lot of people want to brace you, and 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 they'll, if they are able to beat you for, they, they might go home and say, okay, well, I, I beat somebody on the show. But then they understand that this is a track and a game show compared to differently than you've done there. Yeah, I'm not gonna go out there and you know. Spray all three kids on my car, risk hurting it, risk my chances of you know, going back to the list again. So I mean, I'm going out here, I'm going out here to put on the show, I'm going out here to have fun. I mean, my car is fast, and they're, you know, the call outs that people made against me, everybody wants to piece of us. You know what I mean? So as far as, you know, we get call outs every single day, whether it be televised or not televised or anything else. We get call-outs, but it's always funny because nobody ever wants to come to us. They always want us to come to them. Well, this is kind of their chance with the call-out live and stuff. Is, is this is their chance. Yeah, it's going to be in their backyard. They have every advantage in the world to where we don't. Um, you know, I'm going to a track I've never been to before. I'm traveling 22 hours. You know, I've got a old truck and everything else. I'm just a regular racer like everybody else. That fortunate enough that I get to go around and people want me to come and do it, waste their time. Yes, and um, hopefully that will garner a lot of people for having you and, and Jason there and the additional car to be on this show. Hopefully it packs the stands for them. So oh, that, yeah. that, that, that should... Go ahead. Hopefully it'll help out, help out the, the racing community in general. Um, you know, it's just out laws kind of open the doors back up for a lot of people, so tracks and do better again and that's what it's all about yes and speaking of straight outlaws you haven't been on the show for at least two uh, two seasons I believe uh, well I was on this season I was on the cat chase event that had the very beginning here which was actually done last season um, I redid the car and then I wrecked the car um, after we wrecked it you know, I've had nothing but bad luck had a few personal problems you know, that I had to take care of. But other than that, man, we'll, we'll be back. Um, I got a few things in the works. I got a couple people who try to stand behind me now. So, uh, do things on my own. Um, just, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity that, you know, both places have given me to be able to go and race. You, you mentioned that Street Alice is helping tracks. And, and you see that when you guys come to a track, it's nearly it's nearly sold out. Like um, when when you guys a year ago, and I believe it's on Tuesday, uh, you guys returned to Bristol last year when you guys went to Bristol for an episode. And I don't believe you were there, but I know a lot of uh, the 405 was there. Um, and Big Chief won. They actually had to turn people away because there was so much people at Bristol, and it was like free parking and everything. Yeah, uh, you know, that's the, the show support on a Tuesday afternoon that 
that's throwing everything else in the, in the way that we can put back on the, with Pakistan where they have to, the firewalls start to shut them down. Uh, I was asked to go to Bristol last year. Um, I didn't have my car ready after the wreck and after blowing up the motor. So, therefore, you know, I just didn't go. It's taken me up until, you know, just a couple of months ago to get my car back up and running and being able to be a contender again. Uh, I'm fortunate that we have to push our cars so hard because our, our list is so, so, so fast now that it's not even funny. So, one of those things that... But we gotta we gotta stay on top of it. You know, people are buying extra motors and all sorts of stuff. You know, trying to get it, trying to get things going. But just one of those things that you don't have the uh, funds and everything to be able to you know, buy extra motors and have spares and backups and you know, have a crew with you, you know, to be able to do all of that stuff. Then you just can't really keep up. And from what I understand, I don't know what it is in your case, but I know when uh, Jared Bird had his uh, engine stolen in what they believed it was New Orleans uh, several weeks ago, um, they were saying to me, I was talking to other street outlaws people, and it was was anywhere between $50,000 to $75,000 for uh, another motor for one of these cars. Uh, yeah, depending on the car and the setup, but yeah, that could be, mine's not that expensive, because mine's not, this is not that big, you know, my motor is not as big as that, that one that got stolen. Um, the biggest part of it is, you know, the, the race at this level, you know, people think that it's, that we're getting free cars and we're getting free this and we're getting free that, you know, all this, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, yeah, we get, we get help with stuff, so, denying that um, but it's basically just like dealer talk which we appreciate and stuff like that but we're not we're not getting as much for free as everything that, that everybody thinks we are um, it's kind of funny that everybody thinks that uh, that kind of stuff is happening yeah and I, I've heard that well, some people commented on your story that I wrote on you three years ago that you, you get free parts and everything. And, and, like, some people even even believe that you guys are getting paid to be on the shows. And I was like, well, according to my knowledge, maybe only a certain few are getting paid, but the majority of the people are not getting paid at all to race on the shows. I can't speak for anybody else. I mean, I know obviously that there's contracts been given out and stuff like that. I don't know who's got those and who don't. Um, you know, everybody can make their own judgment, judgments from that. But um, I was getting paid an appearance fee, you know, every time I raced uh, on the show. And if I raced ten times that night or, or one time that night, um, I, got, I got a flat fee. If that flat fee basically covered – my people, my dinner that night, the fuel to get to the race spot, because it's not, you know, anywhere close, and the wear and tear on my truck and my trailer and my car. Um, I, you know, I basically was out there racing for the maintenance of my car, uh, which, you know, that's for anybody else. That's that's obviously good, but when we're having to do it two or three times a week, then, you know, that's it's retarded as far as how how much damage we can do to our car. I mean, I've blown up motors on TV, off TV, um, 
everybody's seen it. They don't. The TV show don't help us out with that. You know, they don't give us. They don't give us no extra money if we blow up our motors. Um, it's not our cars belong to us. They're not props. You know, they're not provided for, by the TV show. Then even when you guys crash, like you were saying, even if you do crash, even on the show like Monzo or, or Jeff, uh, Jeff Lutz, um, you don't get paid for that, like you were saying. No, and then, you know, and then they keep racing. They keep racing without you. You know, I wrecked my car, and they kept racing without me. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's just what it is. Chief wrecked his car, and they keep racing without him. Yeah. But they had to put on a show, like they said, for the audience of the TV. And uh, they have to keep that production going no matter who's there. Exactly. Well, thanks for your time, Derek. I know I... That's a wrap for the second episode of the Caruso and Wade podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for an all-new episode as we discuss racing that happens all over the map. We can be found on Anchor.fm as well as Breaker, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Stetcher, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts.